office CEO and the blue-collar worker. This is the Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Some of those grounded Boeing 737 MAX jets back in the air. Alaska Airlines has been allowed to resume a limited number of flights with its MAX 9 jets, which were grounded earlier this month after a panel blew out the side of a jet that had just left Portland, Oregon, January 5th. We are emergency. We are depressurized. Audio from LiveATC.net. The FAA ordered Alaska and United Airlines, which also used uses the MAX 9 to conduct detailed visual inspections of the door plugs, adjust the fasteners, and fix any issues they find. Elizabeth Lund is a Boeing vice president. The flying public is counting on us. FAA Administrator Mike Whitaker says after inspecting door plugs on 40 other jets, he's confident they will be safe as long as the new inspection process is followed. And this is SRN News. There are no words to describe it. The isolation, the boredom, the loneliness. If you're wondering where your teenage son or daughter's spirit went, you're hardly alone. The past year has been devastating, especially for them. But here's the good news. They might just find it again, playing high school sports. Workouts that stimulate, teammates and coaches that care, the sense of belonging so many of us have been missing lately. That's what school sports are all about. The sense of achievement is real, and the camaraderie is hard to beat. Coping with uncertainty is difficult, but school sports can help the teenagers in your family start feeling like themselves again. Encourage them to give it a try. High school sports, it's so much more than a game. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. This is Dennis Prager. I am excited to announce the all-new PragerTopia Plus. You can listen to my show whenever it's convenient for you, all commercial-free and all on demand. Now with Prager Plus, search topics, guests, and segments all the way back to 2010. And now a truly exciting new benefit, my monthly online video get-together for PragerTopia Plus members only. This is where for an hour each month, PragerTopia Plus members get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. That's right, anything. It's on video. I'll be talking to you and answering your questions. We may even have a special guest every now and then. I've never done this. Submit your questions for me at PragerTopia.com. This is only available to PragerTopia Plus members. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. No! Come on, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's going to be a great year. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show. This is a man. Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. My mind is a globe with whirling transient nodes of thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. 
Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Thank you for listening further to the show, second hour uh, of the show. And in the first hour, we uh, played a good, we ended the hour with a good bit of uh, of talk from uh, Janet Yellen, who's trying to basically tell you, hey, we knew the recession wasn't going to happen. We knew, and, and ended on, on this last thought. I want to just play this again for you. Uh, talking about wages, cut number 10. Now, the opposite is true. Wages are now increasing at a faster rate than inflation. People are getting ahead. They're seeing their fortunes improve. And I believe if inflation stays low, um, they'll begin to regain their confidence in the economy. And I, I think we're seeing that that's possible. Now, if I look at weekly wages, right? If I look at, at, and I'm just reading from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, keeps a series. The series is titled "Median Usual Weekly Earnings of Full-Time Wage and Salary Workers, Seasonally Adjusted," and has it in constant dollars. These are so these are these are adjusted. So this isn't actually how much people make. I'll give you the actual dollar amount in 2019 that average wage that average wage number was 983 dollars a week for that kind of a worker it's now at 1142 dollars that sounds great but suppose we adjust it for inflation the number that was 934 adjusted to the price level that was back in the 80s during the during the first Reagan administration, is would be three hundred and sixty two dollars. Currently, three hundred and seventy one dollars. So you've had an increase during from before the pandemic to now. So over the last four years, the last year of the Trump administration, the first three years of the Biden administration, that number actually was highest i mean it 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 goes up and down a little bit but it was higher in 2020 than it is today at the end of 2020 it was 376 dollars now it's 371 dollars on an inflation adjusted basis real wages haven't actually declined you would have been able to say that at the end of 2022 perhaps versus 2020 but if i take the 29th the fourth quarter 2019 number and I compare it to the fourth quarter 2023 number. 362 versus 371. It's a pretty small difference. Okay? You could say real wages are roughly constant over that period of time. They actually haven't risen. And I do think for wage, for hourly workers, for workers to get paid on an hourly basis... This is some of the issue. Every time they see that their they see that their money has gone up in their bank account, and they think to themselves, "Okay, I should be able to buy more stuff." Then they go to the store, they see the prices, they drive by the gas station, they drive, they they look. I was just looking at tickets for a, I look, just looking at the cost of tickets for a uh, concert that I'd like to see this summer, and and thinking to myself, "Man, prices have." Prices have kind of gone up uh, a little bit there. Uh, those prices are 
pretty high. Um, anyway, the 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 answer to the, the to the problem, I think, of part of the answer to the vibe question is actually not for people that make you know have bonuses for the people that work at, for the people who are remote working or for or for places like the thing jobs like that. I don't have data that breaks that down, but my sense is those jobs have paid pretty darn well. But for the line worker at the at the place that's manufacturing um, machinery or fabricated metals or furniture, and I'm talking about all kinds of different industries of which I know I've got examples here in central Minnesota. Those folks haven't had their real wage change. And the thing I was saying to them at the manufacturers group on uh, Thursday is... For many of those folks, that's a new experience. I lived in a world where I, where I had 15 to 2% inflation for pretty much the entirety of, the, of my adult life, they will say, for those who are like, well, my son's age. And their reaction is, dang it, why, why am I not able to get ahead? Um, and, and, and so let's have one more example here. This is, uh, Heather Boucher. She is, she is actually all, she's a member of the council of economic advisors, but she is someone who I know that the, that the white house and the Biden team believe actually has sort of the, the, the spirit of what is desired inside the white house. Boucher was on the uh, was on the political team in 2020. Uh, was the author of much of the uh, economic position papers to the extent campaigns even give you position papers anymore. The uh, in terms of what will we do if we get into if we come into the White House, here's what we'll do. A lot of that was written by Heather Boucher. So she is someone who I when when you know you don't see her out doing. Um, regular press very often, but she was here on the Biz fourteen forty on Bloomberg Radio um, earlier this week, and I, th- I think this was thir- Thursday, maybe it was yesterday or Friday. But you, she was on the radio on uh, on Bloomberg Radio, uh, sort of a more long form. I mean, they had her on for seven to eight minutes, which I can tell you, you know, it's a pretty substantial interview if you get if you get someone. Uh, for that long. And she was trying also to do the same thing Yellen did. Um, and so let me, uh, let me, let's talk about these. Uh, first cut number four. Well, we here at the White House are working hard every day to communicate the strength of this economy, <laughs> how the president has been building an economy from the middle out. Um, so, you know, the, so many of my colleagues, myself, traveling the country, talking to folks like you, um, you know, this has been a tough uh, a tough road, right? The president came into office in the middle of a pandemic recession. Um, and then, of course, we had Putin's unprovoked war in the Ukraine that upended global energy prices. And there was a lot of uncertainty. How fast could we recover? You know, would supply chains renormalize? Would we see, you know, uh, the upending of energy prices uh, last for a long time? And now we really see over the past year that all of those things have come back together. They've gotten under control. And the strength of the, co- the economy, the underlying strength, is really starting to shine. 
So there was first of all the, the deflection, and I, I'll I'll read you those those uh, numbers for for what's in the pay packet. In the last four in the four last four quarters of the Trump administration, from three sixty two to three sixty seven to three ninety three to three eighty four to three seventy six, those were the data during the worst of the pandemic. So at the end of the of the reg, of, of the Trump administration, three hundred seventy six dollars in in this inflation in, in an inflation adjusted sense. Now three seventy one. And so that that comment, building the economy from the middle out, you heard her say that. That's a line that the that the Biden campaign in twenty twenty used repeatedly. And it's an indication to you that this is someone that was very involved in the creation of the of the plan that we've had over the last three years. Then comes the you know, so yeah, we had we had the pandemic recession. Well guess what? The pandemic recession actually ended in the middle of twenty twenty. According to the National Bureau for Economic Research, it ended in May. You you did not take office until jan- late January of the following year. It's kind of an odd thing to sort of blame. And then then of course the the, the war in Ukraine, which I think is real. Um, what's happening in China? I think that's real. I don't know that that I don't know that the responses to those have been more than i well i believe they're only half measures uh but you're you're welcome to cite that but to say now it's all coming together um pe- the 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 lives people are leading with pay with with pay packets that have not changed in 4 years that's that's the reality remember at the end of 20 it, it, that number that was it, okay suppose your weekly pay packet had Three hundred and fifty dollars at the end of at the end of the uh, Obama administration in twenty sixteen, and then you come to uh, you've come to twenty twenty. You've got an extra twenty five dollars. That's a seven percent gain over four years in real wages. But you hadn't. But you haven't experienced that kind of growth. You've in fact seen nothing like that since uh, that period. It's kind of it's kind of an interesting way way to think about it. And I think it explains some of the contours of the coming presidential election. Um, let's play another. This is uh, Heather Boucher, Council of Economic Advisors on Bloomberg Radio. Cut number five. Now, what we see in um, in these exports is that right now the United States is the world's number one exporter of LNG, and um, mm-hmm. we know that over the next decade that's that's actually predicted to double. And we've been working very closely and, and feel confident that we have enough to be able to assure our allies that we'll be able to continue to play this really important role. But at the same time, we need to make sure that we, like other countries, are doing what we can do to address the the climate change challenges. You started this mm-hmm. this segment by noting that, you know, it's over 70 degrees here in D.C. in the middle of January, Um, you know, and we are all um, sort of struggling with the the increasing physical damages of climate change and the need to make these investments, as the president is doing, in spurring those clean energy investments. Now, how many of you have caught this, what is happening right now, um, in in terms of what's happening with with, uh, natural gas? So, Yesterday, Friday morning, uh, the right now, 
LN, liquefied natural gas or LNG. I'll use that. I'll use that language. Liquefied natural gas um, has been exported at a pretty substantial rate, um, in no small part to replace during the beginning days of the war in Ukraine the fact that Nord Stream, the gas that was coming, the natural gas that was coming out of Russia was in fact was being cut off and indeed uh one of the pipelines was was uh apparently sabotaged but europe hasn't frozen to death why partly because they've had warmer weather and partly because the united states has r- ramped up its production of liquefied natural gas to basically substitute for the gas that no longer comes to Europe from Russia. Um, this made, this made, um, uh, of course, the climate change people pretty nuts. So let's think about that. We're going to take a break here when we come back. Let's think a little more about what the heck is going on with this, this liquefied natural gas ban. And you can guess why they're doing it. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. $40,000? Yes. To fix up your house. You're millionaires. Yes. <laughs> You had to call me about $40,000 when you have when you have almost $2 million. The Ramsey Show, live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. The new FedNow system is paving the way for the digital dollar. It grants the government unprecedented access to your financial transactions. This isn't just an invasion of privacy. It's a direct assault on your liberty and hard-earned money. It's another reason why I recommend physical gold IRAs from the Birch Gold Group. I'm Lance Wallnow. I'm a news analyst and a podcaster with nearly 25 million downloads to people just like you who cherish their financial independence. A precious metals IRA can help you avoid the scrutiny of Big Brother while also preserving your retirement savings through almost anything, including economic crashes, political instability, and even hyperinflation. To find out more, get your free info kit on gold IRAs by texting the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and see how a gold IRA can help you. Text FAITH to 989898. Remember, there's no strings attached. Text FAITH to the number 989898 right now. And I pray you're blessed with continued prosperity. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet. And that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot, Arby's Computer Service. 
Record-setting, four-time Emmy Award winner Michelle Tafoya discusses politics and the state of our culture, free from mainstream media pressures. That means you'll find unhindered commentary and astute observations that bring greater depth to the topic at hand. Insight from subject matter experts and thought leaders round out the conversation. Watch the Michelle Tafoya podcast free on YouTube or stream via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SalemPodcastNetwork.com. There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Like the biggest savings around at our half-off deals tab. Click on programs to see your daily lineup, win prizes at the VIP fan club, catch up on your favorite podcasts, and more. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. So, we, sh- we I wanted to take a detour to talk about this for a minute. Um, what did what did they do? Right, and it's the it's the usual battle, right? Oh, this is just climate politics. Cutting off liquefied natural gas um, exports, and they'll say, but we have a we have a you know a national security exception so we'll continue to allow the export of natural gas if it influences us but what is really interesting is there are two major uses of lng we talked about one already it is being used in europe as a substitute for the gas that no longer comes from russia it is in our interest to be sure Europe has enough natural gas. Okay, it is in our interest to do that. And I'm unclear how the I'm unclear how the White House which is insisting that there needs to be aid given to Ukraine, which by the way, just as a, just to make sure you understand my priors, I worked in Ukraine for a year, um, you know, at the National Bank there, I am I, I have many friends living in the country. I still do. I still make occasional comments on the situation in Ukraine. I favor the aid being continued to Ukraine. That said, it, you know, and, and on that sense, I have been on the side of what the administration has asked for in terms of, of expanding aid to Ukraine. But it is counterproductive to their, to their aims between Ukraine and Russia to cut off LNG and yes to say well there's a national security exception unless that exception is going to be sort of a pro forma you have to sign an extra form to get the gas going to Europe this is going to slow down the amount of gas going there it raises prices in Europe and it's going to make our partners who are having to replace the funding we're not giving to Ukraine with funding from them this is going to make them even angrier but here's the other thing that is super interesting What's the other use of LNG? It doesn't just go to Europe. It also goes to Asia. When it gets to Asia, what do you think they do with it? Of course, they use it. They burn it to make energy. What do they burn less of because they're, because they're using LNG? Answer? Coal. Liquefied natural gas has less 
pollutants than coal does. But by not selling LNG to Asia, we are, at least in the short run, going to encourage them to to burn more coal. Heather Boucher, you're an economist. Okay? The, the, you know, the, 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 one of the fundamental questions to speak about in, when you're trying to do applied economics is to always go to the what happens next. Right? When you ask me to forecast something, oh, here's this thing. If this thing happens, what do you think would happen to that? And what I do is I try to walk through, here's what might happen next, here's what might happen next, and I have an eye on what it is you want me to talk about, but sometimes I can't get there, and I'll just say, I'm not sure what the impact on that thing is. I know this. If you reduce LNG sales to Asia, you will have more pollution in Asia because Asia will burn more coal. It's not going to be like they'll decide all of a sudden to start walking to work. Or turning off their air conditioning. Or stop flying on vacations. They will continue to do all of the things that you they currently do with LNG. But they'll use coal to power it instead. I don't know. It seems to me kind of backwards. Okay. Make sure we heard that right. Uh, uh, let's make sure we heard that right, Spencer. Play that one more time. This is Heather Boucher for the Council of Economic Advisors and really part of the brain trust of the of the Biden economic program um, for a long time, for, gosh, yeah, years. Uh, cut number five. Now, what we see in um, in these exports is that right now the United States is the world's number one exporter of LNG, and um, mm-hmm. we know that over the next decade that's that's actually predicted to double. And we've been working very closely and, and feel confident that we have enough to be able to assure our allies that we'll be able to continue to play this really important role. But at the same time, we need to make sure that we, like other countries, are doing what we can do to address the the climate change challenges. You started this mm-hmm. this segment by noting that, you know, it's over 70 degrees here in D.C. in the middle of January, um, you know, and we are all um, sort of struggling with the, the, the increasing physical damages of climate change and the need to make these investments, as the president is doing, in spurring those clean energy investments. And then there's just this utter nonsense of, you know, climate is, weather is not climate. Or, or I should say, weather is it is an increment, a tiny increment to climate, and deciding to cause countries in Asia to switch to coal or biomass or wood or kerosene instead of liquefied natural gas, which burns cleaner than all of those. Um. You're basically condemning 2 billion people on this planet to poverty because you're, you don't want to. So, so then do the what happens next. What happens next? They're going to turn to someone else to get the liquefied natural gas. And guess who it might be? It might be Russia. It might be Iran. It might be Qatar. They all have the capacity and are increasing their capacity to export LNG. Um, 
there's a there's there's there was this odd little story that I, that I found that I had to read where Russia has tankers of oil sitting off the coast of India. And the fight is over how they're going to get paid. The Russians want dollars. And the Indians are like, we you know what? If we give you dollars, we might be sanctioned by the United States for helping you. We can pay you in rupees. And the Russians are like, we don't want rupees. We want dollars. And don't you think at some point, if you make this harder, eventually you will empower the Russians to get dollars? Because India, in order to get its energy's need, energy needs met, will have to relent, figure out how to pay them in dollars, and hope for the best in terms of sanctions from the United States for buying something from Russia? It's 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 kind of nuts. I don't know. All right, I got one more cut. This is Heather Boucher on on uh, Thursday on Bloomberg Radio. You've heard here on the Biz fourteen forty. Cut six. Um, as we have looked at this, um, given um, what uh, uh, shippers have been doing, being able to uh, move their um, transportation to you know other other ways of getting around the world, that does take a little bit more time and it does cost a little bit more. But our assessment is is that when it comes to the U.S. consumer, we do not expect to see a large price shock. Um, and I also just want to note that we ex- we don't expect to see anything like what we saw during the pandemic with those global supply chain challenges. Yeah. Well, first of all, first of all, comparing apples and oranges. Okay, what this looks like is the price shock that would have happened when you had that tanker go aground in the in the canal. Right? Remember that back in back in the last spring? Okay, tanker went went was aground, got stuck in the canal for about 2 weeks. So we had 2 weeks and some ships had to go across and there was some small increase in prices. It wasn't that it wasn't that big, that's true. Comparing that to the supply shock of entire economies getting closed down and not sending intermediate inputs, uh, that's just apples and oranges. But I played that clip to get set up for this last point I want to make, which is really the point of the entire show, which is she tells you, don't worry, those guys shooting off rockets around the mouth of the Red Sea they're not going to cause the price the price of gas or your bananas or your or your automobiles they're not going to cause those to go up we've got it worked out all right i got to tell you just judging from my my twitter followers and their responses dr boucher they don't believe you they don't believe they don't they don't trust you and yeah, you can go out and say that, but you can go out and say that, and when you're, you know, but the people, the people whose opinion you need to change, if they are listening to a to to us here on the Biz fourteen forty, aren't going to be comforted by well, we've done some calculations and we think everything's going to be okay. That 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 was February twenty twenty thinking. And we know how that turned out. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Have you 
ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-240-4587. That's 800-240-4587. China is attacking the U.S. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. Innovation Race, the shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots, exposes the truth. China will use our own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There are no words to describe it. The isolation. The boredom. The loneliness. If you're wondering where your teenage son or daughter's spirit went, you're hardly alone. The past year has been devastating, especially for them. But here's the good news. They might just find it again, playing high school sports. Workouts that stimulate, teammates and coaches that care, the sense of belonging so many of us have been missing lately. That's what school sports are all about. The sense of achievement is real, and the camaraderie is hard to beat. Coping with uncertainty is difficult, but school sports can help the teenagers in your family start feeling like themselves again. Encourage them to give it a try. High school sports, it's so much more than a game. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. 651-289-4477. Good conversation going on at Twitter We're using the hashtag pound KBRS. I'm not calling it X because you don't you, you don't either, do you? Okay, and I'm not going to, uh, it's too clumsy to do the X formerly known as Twitter thing. It's just, blah, blah, don't want to do that. Anyway, 651-289-447, some number to call. Um, it, it, it just, it, it, there's just a lack, lack of belief. And, and I want to follow up on that. Um, 
with uh, one more uh, interview I heard. Uh, this was on CNBC. Uh, Roger Altman, who was the founder and I think his title now is founder and senior chairman. It's like, is there a junior chairman? What does that even mean? Uh, maybe there is. Um, at Evercore, which is a large investment firm. Um, very, you know, one of the, to me, you know, everyone knows, right? I hold, I hold Warren Buffett up here at the very tip top of, of my pyramid of people who I would pay to go here, give a, give a talk or better a Q and a Jamie diamonds on that list. Roger Altman's on that list. Okay. Um, not too many others. Um, I'm pretty sure I would, I would go see Elon Musk at this point. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, his his mind interests me, uh, and 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 I will say, I mean, that doesn't mean I agree with him. I'd go hear. I'm pretty sure I disagree with most of what Peter Thiel thinks, but I'd go hear Peter Thiel talk. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would. Um, I've actually been to two presentations by Robert Reich. I agree with about nothing of what he says, but he's an interesting speaker, and I like going to hear him. Um, and so I've kind of gone out of my way to hear him a couple times. Um, anyway, anyway, that said, Roger Altman on CNBC on Thursday, kind of getting at this theme of, you know, how much we've actually gotten wrong. Uh, let's play cut number one. Well, what I think is fascinating is how wrong the consensus on big things has been over the past year, starting with inflation. Uh, where originally, when it surged, the view was this is transitory, it will self-correct. Jay Powell himself espoused that. Then, as it surged further, that view was discarded, and the Fed, of course, embarked on the sharpest monetary tightening in 40 years. Now, it looks as though it was transitory just over a somewhat longer period, including that the tightening of monetary policy may have had no impact on why inflation has come down. Um. For years, I had, you know, a tradition in academia is the faculty member's door is kind of like where you see their, their you, you see some way in which the, it, it's an area of self-expression. We would never, I mean, I, when I was a department chair and as a dean, I have never told somebody you can't have something on your door. Now, what's on other walls? I have some I have some concerns and I've actually had to say that doesn't represent what we're trying to do here. Um uh and and we have arguments about that, but if it's your office door it's like that eh, that's your private space. You do what you want there. Um I I've taken pictures of what's on other people's doors and showed them to people and said, "Look at the people I work with. Holy cats. Look at that." <laughs> right? I have done that. I've done that. I've done that for gosh. I've been here, what forty years. So I've probably been doing that for thirty of them, because um, I find I find what people put on because it's it's an insight. You get to see what's going on in the mind of a faculty member. And I had such a door. And one of the things I wrote on the door was uh, what I had on a door was uh, a quote from a quote from um, from George Stigler. Um, a famous uh, University of Chicago economist, and the line was very simply, how much of what you know is wrong? 
And I took it as a reminder to myself of how I wanted to conduct myself in research, which is always assume you're going to be wrong. Have a story for why you might be wrong. Right? Um, um, uh, Peter Diamandis, uh, who's a venture capitalist, uh, has this line, an expert who can tell... An expert is someone who can tell you exactly how it can't be done um, <laughs> until it is done. Um, and and so I've always had these, these, these phrases, and one of them is that, how much of what you know is wrong. And it should encourage you to have a little humility. Humility doesn't get you published in the New York Times, and which is why it's in short supply when you talk to Paul Krugman. Humility doesn't get you on CNBC, right? Which is why you get people, or you know, and it doesn't get humility, doesn't get you elected. Trust me, okay. The number one thing I don't heard, even in my own two campaigns, was was you have trouble talking about yourself, and and I have less of it now, but I had to learn that. I'm pretty good self-promoter now, but I had to learn how to do it because it didn't come natural, for me at least. And it does for some. And there's and it's not that there's value to that. But that humility has to be there when you get up and say, here's, here's what you do. This is why one of my practices has always been when I talk to the same group a year later or two years later, I always lead with, here's the last slide I showed you last time, which has what I thought was going to happen next. How much of this did I get right? How much of this did I get wrong? Because I know that I'm going to get some of it wrong when I tell you. As soon as I give you a forecast, I know some fraction of that's going to be wrong. And I better know how I'm going to deal with that. One thing I can't do, as Janet Yellen did, is... Ignore the fact that we've got the receipts. We know that nine months ago you thought a recession was coming. And you were trying to talk your way through it to sort of say, well, it'll be kind of a, a softish. It'll be a small recession, which I actually agreed with. But I was wrong, and I'm happy to say it. Uh, when you're in politics, I guess it's a le- you're less happy to say it. But I think Altman's on to a significant point here, Right. There's a lot we got wrong. Inflation's only one of those things, right? But there was a lot we got wrong. Let's continue. This is Roger Altman on CNBC Thursday, cut two. Recession, six to nine months ago, at least, well, actually a majority of CEOs in surveys thought we were going to have a recession. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, we don't have it. And uh, the most recent data is amazing. And the outlook for 2024 seems to be slower growth, but no recession. And so that's off the table. At the, uh, at the uh, manufacturer's meeting that I spoke at Thursday, I, I will say last spring I had a, I had a, uh, I have an indicator. I don't take it out very often. Well, I take it out for myself very often, but I don't show it publicly very often because it's not been terribly reliable. But when I'm trying to develop a forecast, I will look at, at I will look at indicators that I realize are not reliable, just to say, well, what would they say? There's some 
small informational value in something that I know is got a lot of noise and lot not there. But there's some information, and if you've worked with it, and then since I developed the indicator, I think I know it better than anyone else. I was trying to pull it. That indicator said there was an 83% chance of a recession in April of last year. Okay? It wasn't why I said there was going to be a recession, but it made me a little more confident that I was going to be right. Well, as I said, it's not a reliable indicator, and it turned out to be wrong. That unreliable indicator currently says there's a one-third chance of a recession this year. Okay? You go, well, it was wrong back in April, so it will be wrong now. As soon as you give yourself that kind of permission to be that certain, you're going to be wrong again. You're just going to be wrong again. So I don't, so when someone, someone asked me, you know, things look remarkable, slow, but no recession. I'm like, well, slow can feel like a recession. We could have a, a recession where perhaps we don't have the two negative quarters of GDP, but unemployment goes up. That we've had, we've had recessions that look like that. We could have, or, and we can have two negative GDP quarters without a, with, with still a strong labor market. We could have that too. But we re- actually don't know. Let me play. This is one more clip. This was, again, Roger Altman on Thursday at C- on CNBC. Cut three. It's fascinating and it's humbling and it's testimony to the unpredictability of this incredibly complicated global macro and financial market environment that we're in. And, uh, you know, is the consensus now for slower, steady growth, perfect for the White House, the right consensus, who knows? Who knows? We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banging Show on The Biz, 1440. You want to feel important? You want to be part of something bigger? Something that matters and that you can help change things? You want to feel like you belong. We felt that way too. I'm Sergeant First Class Chris Hewitt from Glencoe, Minnesota, and that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Minnesota Army National Guard soldiers. We are people just like you, and together we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit nationalguard.com forward slash MN to find out more. Sponsored by Minnesota Army National Guard, aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think parents job is to protect our children but also prepare them for the world so they become good kind human beings but i'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them that's dedication find out more at fatherhood.gov brought to you by the u.s department of health and human services and the ad council looking for a new way to give back to your community learn new skills and make a real difference Consider volunteering with your local fire department. 
The majority of U.S. firefighters and emergency responders are volunteers, answering the call when their community needs them. Be part of a dedicated team of volunteers who step up and protect their community from all types of hazards. You can be the difference. There's no typical firefighter. Anyone can volunteer to serve their community. Volunteering as a first responder is really about having the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. Aside from helping your community and being there for those in need, being a member of the Volunteer Fire Service provides many benefits, including an opportunity to learn new skills and join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Your community needs you. Will you answer the call? Learn more and find a local volunteer opportunity at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. You need to call the police and you need to call your father. And you need to get you and your son away from this guy. I want to fix it. That's why I want to sell my home and I just want to be able to get No, no, honey, honey, we don't need to call a realtor. You and your son are in danger. Direct. Honest. The Ramsey Show. Weekdays 1 to 4. The Ramsey Show. Right now, my wife and I, we're scared. Take her hands in your hands and go, okay, we're doing this together and we are not going to let this take our marriage. And as a matter of fact, it's going to make our marriage stronger. And hold on tight. Live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. Spencer, that's just cruel, man. <laughs> It's an inside joke. I'll let you in on the joke. Uh, Three Dog Night coming up to Wade Park this uh, this summer, along with Little River Band, um, which um, I, I should tell you this experience. Uh, we went last year, and we had uh, a double bill between Starship and Grand Funk Railroad. Um, I went with a group of uh, with a group of eight people. Seven of whom were excited to see Starship. And then there was me. Not that I don't like Starship. They're fine. I mean, I, I to me, I, I, having been to a couple concerts with Grace Slick, it just doesn't work as well for me to see to see someone else do that role, even though she's good. I mean, she she's really good. But it's just, it's not the same. But then to see some of the original uh, GFR band up doing... Uh, it, we're an we're an American band. I, I'm telling you, that's just that's just goose that's just goosebump stuff. And the the other seven are looking at me like, can we go home now? Because GFR was the second act. Okay, I'm worried this is going to happen to me again. I'm really worried about this. <laughs> but I'm, we're go, we're going this summer. Um, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to call here on the King Banyan Show six five one two eight nine four four seven seven on the Biz fourteen forty. I want to play that just one more time, this last small cut. This was Roger Altman, who really is kind of like one of the great wise heads of the of of finance. But there's a reason why I don't know that Roger Altman has been to Davos. I'd be surprised, in fact, if he hasn't been there. But um, this doesn't sound like someone from Davos uh, speaking here. Cut number three. It's fascinating and it's humbling and it's testimony to the unpredictability of this incredibly complicated global macro and financial market environment that we're in. And, uh, you know, is the consensus now for slower, steady growth perfect for the White House? The right consensus? Who knows? Who knows? And that's how you, you get at forecasting most often. 
uh, is who knows. Look, when when I take a student, when I take a group of students into studying a macro economy, there are certain constructs we use to tell stories. Those of you that are older, might and who actually got past the first mac, the first economics course to an intermediate course somewhere, would have learned something called the ISLM model. If those letters send shivers down your spine, I'm sorry. I know we spent a lot of time working through a model that had those letters. I won't. For, if you don't know what that means, actually, probably you're better off. Um, it very seldom gets used formally in teaching economics but if you're a person of a certain age which usually refers to the, to the age of the speaker uh, me if you're a person of a certain age you got drilled into this model of how to think about the world and the model is simply a two-dimensional graph with some lines on it those lines move when major forces in an economy cause things to start changing there's a debate right now in in economics, in macro, about how to talk about this post-pandemic period. And we do a bad job as economists when we tell people, here's what's going to happen, or here's what's not going to happen, this or that and the other, like we know what's happening. Because, frankly, the model that we might use now, right, which is more of a more more of a traditional most people who have had even a rudimentary knowledge of economics will understand the supply and demand model we'll refer to a model of supply and demand it's a it's modeling human interaction and you're trying to do this by drawing a diagram uh that that represents all these major forces the post pandemic period had both had things that caused more than one thing in the model to change. Models are meant to tell you how the economy changes when one force, one phenomenon changes, and then economists will invoke these magic words in Latin, ceteris paribus. It is. It's a magical incantation. The word ceteris paribus, or for those of you that you speak church Latin, ceteris paribus, um, uh, would say um, they they mean all other things being equal. If you've listened to my show for many years, you've heard this talk already. But there has been very few points in time where the words where the where the the magic of ceteris paribus needs to be highlighted. We don't live in a world of ceteris paribus. We don't get to hold all other things equal. The economy involves with all these different shocks, okay, you know, to go back to the to the clip we played of Heather Boucher, right? We had cha- we had changes that resulted from foreign ev- foreign events like October 7th, like the invasion of Ukraine, uh uh and and all that. We had the events that and those are supply events, yes. But there are also demand events, and many of those demand events come to the fact that we had we had extraordinarily stimulative monetary policy. We had not one, not two, but three stimulus bills of fiscal policy, none of which have we figured out how to, how to fi- really figure out. And the models we develop break down when more than one line is moving, when we can't invoke Chatteris Paribus, 
we actually have to say, well, then we don't know. It could be this or it could be that. You have to be more, we could be more humble, we could be less humble. But the, the fact of the matter is, there is very little reward to go out and give a talk where you display that humility. That's the value of having Roger Altman. It's also the value of the fact that Roger Altman is an older guy. He's at the back end of his career. So the reputational hit or the fact that he, you know, well, that guy's not going to really tell me anything interesting, so I don't have to really pay too much attention to him. That's, that's fine. But you do have to pay attention to the fact that the models that we're using to tell these stories are imperfect, and yet you, what we're asked for is perfection. And so when we give in to giving people more confidence than they should have, and then it turns out to be wrong, well, of course you don't trust the forecast. Of course you don't trust the data. Of course you don't do that. We're part of the problem because we keep offering forecasts that don't have that who really knows at the very end of, that, at the very end of, your, of your forecast. That's the part that's missing. Look, we're going to be gone next week. We're on we're on we're on break uh, while I get a, get a little warmer for a little warmer than we'd be here. But uh, we'll see you back in two weeks here on the King Banyan Show on the Biz fourteen forty. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. If you don't like it, you get your money back. But you're going to love it, and you're going to love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than 2 bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees, and our 15-day guarantee. Call now. 800-846-2124. 800-846-2124. That's 800-846-2124. What is your healing power? Maybe your healing power is helping veterans with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, or loneliness. Is your healing power a simple heartfelt letter or being a volunteer? It is estimated that over a half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD, and 22 veterans will commit suicide every day. Our veterans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. At HealVets.org, you can find out more about the healing power of pen pals, volunteers, therapy kits, and more. Discover your healing power at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans, together with you, has been helping one recovering veteran at a time. We are helping veterans heal together. What is your healing power? To find out about your power, visit HealVets.org. This PSA is sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have... You.
Everyone agrees, high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. Minnesota High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Common Sense Business Talk during...